0: Welcome to consider this Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. It was a beautiful Sunday morning just over a year ago. Sergeant Janice McDonald of the Coburg Police was sitting in her cruiser in a parking lot on Strathy Road. on a small patch of grass. She saw a homeless woman sleeping. It broke her heart. She vowed that morning to do something. In this interview, you will hear about what Sergeant McDonald did. She and her partner, Constable Janet Bertrand, came up with HARP. That stands for Homelessness and Addiction Response Project. It is a unique program where officers assist homeless people. The program was recently given more than $400,000 in provincial funding to expand the initiative, the two officers were also recently honored with an Ontario Women in Law Enforcement Major Award. Here is that interview. I'm so pleased to have with me today Sergeant Janice McDonald, founder of the HARP program for the Coburg Police Force. Welcome to Consider This, Northumberland.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Let's start with the basics. What does HARP stand for and what is it?
1: So HARP is our Homelessness Addiction Response Project. Um, It's basically just our way of responding to some of the increasing calls for service that we're seeing in the downtown core related primarily to um, those with the highest acuities in our community and issues related to addiction, mental health um, and homelessness. So it's just a way that we've adapted our style of policing to hopefully meet the needs of some of the people in our community who are really struggling.
0: Now, is this a program that exists elsewhere, or is this unique to Coburg? Uh,
1: so I think that HARP will exist in other police services in their, in their own way, but this particular program is unique to Coburg. It was just an idea that popped into my head one Sunday morning while I was driving around, and it sort of has developed to meet the needs of our community. So it's very Coburg-specific.
0: So what was it that you saw specifically that gave you the seed for the idea to put this together?
1: Uh, so I remember the day super clearly. It was a lovely Sunday morning and I was on shift. So it would have been from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I was actually in a business parking lot on the north end of town up near Strathy Road. Uh, the business isn't necessarily um, specific, but um, and there was a female that we had dealt with on. A daily basis and she was lying in the grass sleeping outside of that business and i just thought this is not working we need to do something different this is seeing this human being laying there in front of a business asleep it just really broke my heart and i thought this isn't good for her this isn't good for us police because we're not fixing the problem and it's not good for our community so we need to try a different approach
0: when you described the program you described it very technically and i, I appreciate that very much but just tell me exactly what does Harp do.
1: Um, so I think the biggest thing for Harp, um, if you've had lots of police contact and you know you're living, you know, unsheltered outside, sometimes there's a lot of stigma, or not sometimes, often there's a lot of trauma and a lot of stigma around coming to the police. So for us and Harp with Janet and I last summer, and as it continues to grow, it's about being present, showing up, and showing them that showing people that we interact with that we're genuinely there to help. It's about building trusting relationships. So hopefully we can find long-term solutions for homelessness in this community.
0: Describe then what happens if I'm an officer um, for the force and I come upon somebody, describe what happens when you come upon an individual that's sleeping rough, what unfolds from the officer's perspective then?
1: So specifically from the Harp perspective, I think um it's no secret that homelessness um is very concentrated in in the downtown core in Coburg that's where we see a lot of people who are living unsheltered um presenting in the area this is where the shelter is this is where the food bank are and this is where their needs are being met for those day-to-day basic needs um so what we really tried to do was just be present you know to engage with them you know let them know that we're there introduce ourselves as you know we're not I'm not Sergeant McDonald. I'm also a human being. I'm a mom. I have children, you know, we're more than just a uniform. So I really, the initial stages of HARP was just to show trust, right? It's not about arresting you. It's not about moving you along. It's saying like, hey, how are you today? What's going on? You know, like we want to know their story. Everybody has a story. And if they were willing to share, we wanted to know that we cared about them, not as a homeless person, but them by their first name and as a human being first and foremost. So I would say, that was really one of the key things um, to getting HARP up and going was building some trust and rapport and knowing that we weren't just there when we were called, we were there to be present and to get to know them and find out what's gone wrong. How did you get here? Someone, I know that our, you know, Coburg is known as the feel-good town, but nobody wakes up one day and thinks, wow, I would really love to be homeless in the downtown core in the feel-good town, right? Something brought them here. So our goal um, through HARP and as a police service is to find out what what is not working and is there a way that we can real rebuild relationships to make you be successful, to help you. And we're not going to fix homelessness, but that we can help you make get reconnected to hopefully make some steps in the right direction to at least get things going in the right direction, right? Like a lot of these people, because of their high acuities or their homelessness, it's hard to make appointments. They're disconnected from their workers and they lose that communication. They don't have cell phones. So it's just about, again, rebuilding those relationships and finding out what's gone wrong.
0: So once you've determined then through these this conversation What happens then?
1: So, I guess it depends on the needs of the person, right? What I thought or Janet thought might be their primary needs might not be their needs, right? So, I, from my perspective, need to really, you know, put my Um, predisposition of what I think their primary needs that day is like just because I think oh this person really needs a house today it's interesting when you actually ask someone what their primary need that day is it might not be this big thing right it's about accomplishing the small tasks so that they can accomplish the big tasks but until we see some success and get things going in the right direction it's really hard to start making monumental changes in your life right like I'm not sure about you or anyone who might be listening, but without my cell phone and my calendar and all those things that I have to be organized in the day, I can hardly keep myself on track, because we're so busy. But when you don't have a phone, you don't have a place to sit, sleep, and you don't know where your next meal is, until we get some small wins, and they get some confidence in the fact that things can be different, and they start to see their value again, it's really hard to make change. If someone says to me, hey, Janice, you know i haven't had anything to eat today how can we expect them to go to a, a a rental agreement or you know to or sorry like an appointment or to showcase themselves in the best light that they can get a rental property right so it's about meeting the small needs so that they have the confidence and the ability to meet the long term needs and i don't know about you or like i said anyone else who's listening but i mean it's, um, you know, I just turned 40, but we all need helping hands along the way. And you and I and nobody else listening is different, right? There's times in life that you fall down and you get a little lost in your path. So it's just about knowing that there are helping hands out there. And But our way is not always their way. So it's about supporting them in the way that they need to move forward successfully. So give me
0: some examples. I mean, do you do you literally buy them a meal? Do you take them Absolutely. somewhere? To,
1: tell
0: Absolutely. me more about that. Tell me more about that.
1: You know, someone, so, I mean... Uh, Chief Vandegraff and, and, you know, Deputy Chief Haskins are fantastic. I can't say enough things about them. But certainly, if someone says to me, I'm, not, I'm hungry, and I haven't eaten today, you know, absolutely. Okay, let's get you a meal. You know, I, I need a shower. I don't, you know, most people like to have the ability or place to bathe. Okay, let's find you somewhere that you can have a shower. So if I had to pay out of my own pocket or Janet or, you know, the service or sometimes it's like, One of the other things that we really encountered last summer working in this program was people had come here, but then find out they're not eligible for service here because they're not from Northumberland County. So it would be like, I need a train ticket to get back to... Oshawa, Toronto, Ottawa, wherever it was, so that I can get connected back to service. So it's like, okay, you had a caseworker in Ottawa, let's find a number for that service. Let's get you reconnected. And let's get you a train ticket back to where you can be so that you can start this ball going in the right way. But let's get you a meal first. Let's get you some new shoes, if that's what you need. Let's get you a clean pair of clothes. So it's just about meeting those basic human needs. Because if you don't feel good about yourself, and you're feeling really lost, it's sometimes hard to get started, or even know where to start.
0: How long has the program existed?
1: Um, So uh, HARP was just a pilot program that we ran last summer from July until um, September of 2021. So just a few months over the summer, because that's when homelessness becomes the most visible. But now we have received a grant. And we will be working. So uh, in May, the Coburg Police Service was awarded $410,000 to continue the Homelessness Addiction Response Program. And the grant was awarded from the Ministry of Solicitor General Community Safety and Policing Grant. So it's going to be um, hopefully a permanent position here in the town of Coburg until we don't need it anymore, which I hope that day comes.
0: You and your partner, the only two officers that do this, or are the others trained to do the same and, and do the same kind of thing?
1: So Janet and I um, were the two officers dedicated to HARP last summer, but certainly, you know, I think when we are starting to empower people, um, when they deal with our officers, uh, our officers are sort of taking our lead as well, right? And they're realizing that, you know, we can do all of these things. It's okay to step outside that box and start working towards it. So although we were only dedicated, certainly the ideology and the premise of HARP is certainly radiated through the platoons, and we're just trying to do things differently here.
0: Now, you've mentioned to it and alluded to it a couple of times, but I'd like to explore it a little bit more. And that is, you know, you hear from experts. The key to helping people who are like this is to develop trust. Now, how difficult is that as a police officer when you're seen as somebody who enforces the law? Sometimes you may have had different dealings with them under different circumstances. How do you build that trust?
1: Um, I think, you know, it's funny to see people's response when I as a police officer show up and genuinely want to know about them. It takes them. It's not one interaction. It's multiple interactions. They need to know that you know, you're know, you genuinely going to be there, that you're genuinely interested in them. So for me and for Janet, it's like if we don't have the time to engage in that conversation, then let's not ask the question. Let's let them know that we have the time. We want to make the time and we want to hear what they are willing to show us. So It's about showing up, being present. And I think first and foremost, It's being honest with them. If someone has a warrant or someone has done something and I have to arrest them, we need to be honest. I I will always be a police officer. I have an obligation to do my job, but I also have an obligation to treat them in a way that they know what's coming, right? They know if I show up, I have a job, but ultimately what I'm doing is because I genuinely care about them.
0: Service calls linked to suspicious people were 500 in 2020, and that jumped In 2021 to 783. Do you have any idea how many suspicious people calls you had this year so far?
1: Um, Well, Lisa was kind enough to give me some statistics. I'm not sure that that particular statistics was included here. So I do apologize. I'm certainly happy to follow up with that. But I also think a lot of the suspicious people. Although I would suggest the number is rising because that is probably one of our number one calls for service. We certainly don't have seven hundred suspicious people in our community. It's just that I feel like, given lots of social factors, homelessness has just become, um, it's uh not behind closed doors anymore. So I think that we're just seeing it present in a different way. And I think unfortunately for people who are living unsheltered, they are having a lot more police contact because they're becoming more visible.
0: How many people have you helped? I know in 2021, uh, I understand it was 30 individuals for the program and then 10 people were connected to services and there were 25 arrests. Uh, How has it gone so far this year?
1: Um, So HARP is still in the initial forms. We um, have encountered a little bit of delays getting the program up and going so that we continue the work we don't have a dedicated harp officer at this moment i'm transitioning into the harp role to get the program up and going um but unfortunately like everything else um there's just been a little bit of a delay for lots of reasons in getting the harp program um completely initialized at this point
0: but i mean there there is evidence of this actually helping people people actually get helped by this it's not just a conversation it's not just a meal people are actually finding their way back onto a track and and getting help am i understanding that correctly
1: i mean i i think so we get some really positive feedback i won't i mean obviously i had a a uh, person come into the station maybe a month ago, and I had a resident through Harp made a really trusting relationship, and that person is living sheltered now. They uh, have no matters before the courts, and they're sober. And he came to the station solely to thank me and to give me a hug. So I, I mean, we're not changing everybody's life. I'm not going to sit here and say that I, my program, or Janet and I are going to fix homelessness because homelessness is a problem across Canada. It's in every country. You know, there's lots of reasons, lots of trauma responses, lots of things that lead to homelessness, but we are winning. We're making a difference. And if it takes two or three, you know, big wins for us, it gives us the motivation to keep going and to keep really working with those in our community. It's just about moving to better.
0: The chief has said many times when it comes to social issues like homelessness or the opioid crisis, that the police cannot arrest themselves out of this problem. And then he talks a lot about working with other organizations. And yet this, is, this program you've talked to me about today is a Coburg police program. And it appears to someone looking from the outside that what you're doing is the social service work in combination with policing. Does this program prove the chief wrong? Can there be a combination of social service work and policing that effectively addresses social issues at the same time as enforcing the law?
1: Um, so I will never say on a recorded line that our chief is wrong, Chief Anagraph. Um
0: all right. I mean, I, under, I understand the politics of that. I'm just but, joking.
1: No, no, yeah. I'm just joking. But okay. I, I mean, I would be remiss to say that it this is Colbert police doing this without the support of our partners. The one thing that has been really beneficial to Harp is that we've been able to make fantastic relationships with other people. Greenwood Coalition, working with the social services within Northumberland County, building those relationships with Transition House, sitting at the H-Court table. It's not... I feel like police are at the front of this because we are the ones that are here 24-7 and we're the ones that are seeing it. We're the ones that are finding those people in crisis. So we just take, just because we're the point, we would be, you know, we would not be able to do that what we do without the support of all of the amazing people who are behind us in those community um, organizations. So it's not, although we're sort of, I guess, heading the program, there's lots of support behind the scenes that we couldn't do what we do without.
0: But it seems fascinating to me that it's this combination of social service work and policing. I mean, you've 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 seen to me, if I'm hearing you correctly, rolled the two of them together very neatly. And and it's and it seems if, if I'm hearing you correctly, that it it is it is effective. Uh, am I mis am I misunderstanding stuff?
1: No, I think so, too. And um, I think that. Uh, I mean, I was a social service worker before I came into policing, so I'm very sort of social service minded. Um, I had done a lot of work with youth and I had, uh, you know, done lots of different facets before I came into policing. So I think for me personally, that's just how I am you know, that's my predisposition to sort of fall back into that social worker role at times. So I think for me, it couples really well. And I think policing is changing and we have to change and adapt with it. And this social service, you know, and policing rolled into one is just the way of the future and it will continue to be.
0: Are there other police forces that are watching what you're doing?
1: Um, Unfortunately, I don't really have the answer to that. I know, um, In speaking with the chief uh, recently, I know that we, Janet and I, were very honored by receiving an OWL in relation to innovation for our HARP program. And that was, you know, attended by many, many different organizations and police services. So I'm hoping that, you know, if we get this right and continue to see success, that other people will look to us and hopefully that we can see programs like this develop in their own way to meet their own needs. Like I said, our program is very Coburg specific because we know our community. Thankfully, Coburg's a great town. It's a great place to work. And we're small enough that people know us by first name and we know them by first name. So in order to adapt this program to other larger municipalities, I think it would have to look a little bit different to be successful because, you know, it's nice to walk down the street and people know you by your first name. And I think that's part of the success of HARP.
0: Now, for those of us who don't know what OWL is, what is OWL?
1: Um, It's an Ontario Women in Law Enforcement organization. Um, So it's um, a provincial organization that support women in law enforcement and recognize, um, they have like an awards banquet every year and they recognize different women uh, in policing and law enforcement. And it includes like correctional services of Canada and border services and um, any organization and women in the law enforcement field.
0: So this took place in June is my understanding and both uh, you and Constable Janet Bertrand um, received this in the category of innovation for the development and implementation of the HARP program. We is that did. correct?
1: Yes, we were pretty surprised, but um, yeah, we did. So hopefully that got the attention of some people and got them looking at this program because I just think, you know, if it, if it can work here, it can work anywhere. It's just about finding the right way to deliver it in your community.
0: So why then is this a good strategy going forward?
1: Um, I just think, like I said, policing is changing. And I think that our community continues to change and the needs of our community continue to change. And like everything else, um, it's sometimes it's hard to know where to start an access service. So I think because police are often called or we're generally called for lots of facets of things and we get to be involved in the community and we get to be present. I think that it's just a way Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I just think it's good. I just think it's going to be the way that we have to move forward in order to be successful. Our old, I'm not saying the old ways are not. It's like everything else with time, things need to change and develop to be successful. And I just think the needs of people are changing right now.
0: When you see instances like the death of Corey Trenuth, how do you respond to that in the context of what you're trying to do with this program?
1: Um, So I knew Corey very well, and it certainly breaks my heart the way it happened Um, and what happened. um, He was such a great guy, always had a smile and a laugh and a joke. Um, But for me, I just don't want there to be any more Corey. So it's just about can we save everybody and can we fix homelessness? No, but it's about making those connections to see if we could get him back connected to service or find what piece of his puzzle is missing. And we can fill that in the best way that we can so that we can prevent this from happening in our community again. People have value. People have worth. We just have to make them see what we see in them. And hopefully it will have a different outcome.
0: What is it about you outside of being a cop that inspires you to do this? What is it in your past?
1: Um, I don't know. I just think that lots of times in life people lose their value and lose their worth. And I think you know they don't see all the good things about them. I think we in a society are just so quick to turn to the negative about ourselves. And when you're living on shelter, you're sort of stigmatized all around. That it drives me for them to see all the value. You're not a homeless person. You're not a drug addict. You're a human being. You're a mom. You're a brother. You're a sister. You have yeah. value, and it's for me just building that in people so that they can take the right step forward. Like I said. You know nobody's path is perfect. everybody has ups and downs in life, and everybody needs a helping hand along the way, and I'm no different. so I just want to be that for somebody else. That's what keeps me going
0: what what did you what were you like as a kid or growing up that that inspires you to be like this today?
1: i don't uh don't ask my mom and dad that question because they would probably give you a very bar- or my older sister um I don't know I just think it's about like everybody deserves to be treated as a human that was really instilled in me in fairness and you know my parents are really hardworking people to this day you know and I would be lost about them but it's just like you know we're all equal in life and we all deserve a chance and it was like you know I was very clearly taught you know I'm not better than anybody else and my path has just had more blessings maybe than other people and so it's just about taking those and paying them forward you know (laughs)
0: And you say you had a background in social service work. What what was that about?
1: Um, so I did lots of things before I became a police officer. Um, I worked at the Warkworth Penitentiary um, doing rehabilitation programs with inmates uh, prior to sort of taking this step in life. And I um, that taught me a lot. I was very new out of university when I did that job. And it just made me realize, yes, these people are in a federal institution, and they have some of them have done very horrific things, but they also have a story, you know, and their trauma started very early in life. And I think if they had been treated differently, I can't imagine they would be where they are today. And I think that that was a big learning lesson from me. I grew up in, a, you know, I grew up in and it's no secret, you know, so I didn't have a lot of those experiences. My mom and dad are still married, very loving home, I had so much support. And I just think, I want people to know that just because they didn't have my path in life doesn't mean that they don't, can't be contributing, you know, find their own value and play it. You know, then I feel like if I can instill value in a human being that they can see it in themselves and they will go forward and they will do that for somebody else as well.
0: Now, you've alluded again to this several times and I just want to clear it up. So you've mentioned that you're going to do this full time. When does that start and how is that going to work going forward?
1: Um, I am going to be doing it full time. I don't have a specific start date. Um, I just recently, I was in an acting staff sergeant role, so I've just recently transitioned to get this program up and going. But I mean, even though HARP, so I don't have a specific start date, but even though HARP is not fully functioning, HARP is still happening. You know, Janet and I are still though, on platoon are still out connecting with uh, the community really talking to people and figuring out how we can successfully continue to navigate this we're working with the county we continue to work with Greenwood you know we continue to work with our partners like Transition House and the Food Bank so we're although it's not necessarily up and fully functioning where day day-to-day I'm in here in the harp capacity it's still definitely very much happening behind the scenes it's just kind of who we are I think.
0: Sergeant Janice McDonald thank you so much for talking to me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you wanting to learn about HARP. It's just something that I'm really excited that we can get out into the community and that people can start learning about what we're trying to do.
0: That was Sergeant Janice McDonald, founder of HARP. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So please tune in.